Welcome to Rebel Book Club Blind Dates, attachment style. Please give it up for our first three dates. Hello, I'm Nana and welcome to Rebel Book Club podcast, a place for people interested in improving their non-fiction reading habits and learning more about themselves and the world around them. I'm here joined by Ben, the co-founder, to tell us a bit more about the book club. Thank you, Nana. Great to be here. Well, Rebel Book Club is, believe it or not, six and a half years old. And every month since May 2015, we have read together one non-fiction book and uh, we've kept each other on track. Uh, every week nudging ourselves through the book, whatever it's been. And at the end of the month, we've met um, together in person, at least up until COVID times, um, to discuss the book, to enjoy a drink together, and to talk about how we can turn what we've learned in the book into action in our work and in our lives. And that's the essence of Rebel Book Club. We have members all over the UK and increasingly around the world. And it's a great place if you're interested in learning more from your reading, improving your reading habits, as you say, but also connecting with like-minded people who are just open to exploring new ideas, get to the surface of some of the big conversations and, and themes of, of what's going on in our, in our lives um, and in the world around us. Uh, so it's a place for curious people um, who also want to take action in their lives. So Ben, what was October's theme and book? So in October, Nana, we dived into the theme of modern love and relationships. And the book we read was Attached. Are you anxious, avoidant or secure? How the Science of Adult Attachment Can Help You Find and Keep Love by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. So we had a couple events this month. So where is it that Rebel Book Club met, Ben? This month, uh, Nana, we met in person in London uh, in Manchester and also in Bristol. And virtually we uh, we met, uh, like we do every month, with people from around the world, our members from all over the world. So, so from here in the UK all the way to Costa Rica and India and Australia. So um, in London, where the majority of our members are, we met in an amazing place called Huckletree, which is this brilliant co-working space and community. And we were joined by our members, um, a group of love doctors or experts and entrepreneurs um, in this space and and of course uh, a drink supplier so we had Coburn's Port making us cocktails alongside Dash drinks providing us with non-alcoholic refreshment so that was the setup for our attached meet. So Ben how was it hosting Blind Dates? Well, it's been a long, long-term dream of mine, as you can probably <laughs> see from my excitement at the time. No, it was a bit of a last-minute decision, Nana. We were in, a, we were at the venue in London. And we had a hundred people there, and I was, I was trying to think about how can we turn this conversation to more of a game, which is what we often try and do at Rebel Book Club. So we set up uh, a blind date where each of the three dates on the stage uh, represented the different uh, stereotypes of uh, attachment theory. So we had the anxious date, we had the avoidant date, and we had the secure date. And then we had uh, the person who was going to choose a date or ask them questions. And we got our members up, uh, well, we kind of persuaded, didn't we? Persuaded four people to come and participate. 
and they were amazing. They were like complete naturals. Um, so if you watch the video back, you can see them uh, performing their blind dates um, like they've been scripted. They were so good. Um, so yeah, it was a really fun way to bring you know the theory of the book and everything we were talking about to life. Um, and so that was Rebel Book Club Blind Dates. We, the team, actually had a discussion about attached in the book and our thoughts so let's tune into London Huckle Tree to find out a bit more of what we discussed attached um, anxious avoidant or secure um, it's a book I've read last year actually and it was read in the context of, um, of a relationship ending as I believe some people uh, might have found this book at a similar time and for me, it was, um, it was interesting to see, um, to read about the attachment theory, which I haven't heard about before. Uh, being aware of other theories around love and around relationships and having studied a bit of psychology and a bit of NLP, I think. Um, it's a book that really, I felt that complemented some of the thoughts that um, I had on relationships. and. Um, I think it came as something that added to, um, to the theories that I had. Um, in terms of looking at splitting people into three attachment styles, I felt that maybe while it's very helpful and makes it really easy to wrap someone's head around that, it's also a little bit um, simplistic, I think, because there are more things to play than just the attachment style of a person. I think there are some really, really helpful insights in the book and I've heard from other members as well that it's been super helpful for them to understand it and they've read it with their partners and, and it's, you know, led to a more harmonious and understanding and uh, relationship. Had uh, a couple of issues with it. Um, I think one of my main issues with it is it, it doesn't I, it, I think it, it, it places a lot of responsibility on secure shoulders to kind of rescue the other two attachment types, in, very much in my opinion. Um, it also, I think, you know, potentially ignores some basic Therapy 101 <laughs> um, concepts around boundaries and, and making sure that um, you're responsible for your emotional well-being. Um, in a relationship and it seems to emphasize that you are ultimately responsible for your partner's emotions and reactions and I don't necessarily think that's always true. Um, I also think it paints avoidance as this kind of villain character throughout and it doesn't necessarily offer much empathy in terms of what makes someone avoidant in the first place and also much support in terms of how an avoidant can can change I and mean, even if they want to so they might not want to they might not want a relationship so it kind of is it, it kind of works on this premise that everybody reading it really does want a relationship which I suppose is why you would pick it up in the first place and then finally I read quite an interesting medium article that talked about the potential for maybe this book being written deliberately for the attack the anxious type because in a kind of marketing sense that would be who would pick up this kind of book so some really interesting critiques that came in but I think ultimately you know generally speaking quite helpful for a lot of people just potentially not everyone 
I think the closing chapters for me were actually fantastic. And I think in any area of a life, taking on their um, suggestions around effective communication is brilliant in terms of um, potentially being more direct than we are na maybe naturally culturally as Brits. And I don't know if internationally that would hold true. I'd be interested to hear. Um, I think um, it, it emphasizes on cutting through the BS and not playing games with each other. Um, maybe not being passive aggressive, maybe not um, going in a mood with someone or giving them the silent treatment, just really cutting through all of those kind of, I guess, inner child behaviours that a lot of us will exhibit when we're feeling under threat or, um, you know, these, these activated attachment styles are happening to us. We might go back to those old patterns and traits and the effective communication piece in the closing chapters was, was, was a brilliant kind of solution and action point to take away. It's interesting that even though we all read the book separately, we had different thoughts on it. We also had some members that we talked to who discussed their thoughts on the book. Hi, I'm Jess. Um, my biggest takeaway from the book was that um, it was easy for me to now understand like why I act certain ways or do certain things and why sometimes things don't pan out the way I, I would probably hope. Um, so I think it's like interesting now going forward, I'd probably look at my behaviour and be like, oh, wait a minute, is this aligning well with, you know, an appropriate style or this person's style? Or So I think that's my biggest takeaway. Oh, hey there, I'm Sonal. Um, so my one takeaway from the book is, um, well, first of all, I'm a textbook anxious type. And I think one of the key things that I learned was to, um, when you're dating, to basically um, date multiple people at the same time and not put all your eggs in one basket, which is what I do because I really struggle with dating multiple people. But now I know there's science behind why that doesn't work for me. Um, one thought I thought about the book was that it was, I found it really bizarre that you can categorize people into just three categories um, but yeah I think people are way more complex than that and there's a lot of environmental factors and there's a lot of nature and nurture that determines that you could be you can't be just you can't just be in one of those three you can be in all of them or none of them or you know two of them and it could change through all your life I think that was my point yeah thanks so at Rebel Book Club we focus on turning what we learn from our reading into action um, so at this point we now understand a little bit more about attach the book and attachment theory in adult relationships we want to explore how we can play an active role in reframing our relationship experiences learning more about ourselves our attachment style and our sexuality for our events this month, we invited three experts to both our London and virtual meetups and asked our members to send us some questions in advance so we can begin to learn how to put attached into action. Who came along, Nana? So in these clips, we were joined by Jaya Bristow, who's a co-host of Relationship Super Conference and produces the Beyond Boxers podcast. And we're also joined by Catherine Winnie, who is a dating and relationship coach who frequently uses attached in her work. I'm going to now go to our questions from our anonymous box that we did. So I knew that, I don't know, maybe I was projecting onto our members, but I know there's some stuff that I think I would not necessarily want to type out or say out loud in the event tonight. And people have sent in some questions um, that I can ask you here. A bit like a, bit like a magazine, I suppose, a bit of an agony <laughs> type situation. So I'm going to throw these at both of you and you can kind of take which ones that you, that you want. So... Um, Here's the first one, I'm going to read it out for you. So, what advice would you give for those with anxious avoidance tendencies on a quest to become secure? 
to level with secure partners. Can you offer some practical ways to deal with avoidant or anxious attachment styles as well to use on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first stage is, and I, I can sense where Jaya might go on this one, which I think is going to be fantastic as well. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about within the boxes. Um, so I think the first thing that, you know, you can... out of the boxes. Lovely. Yeah, and I think attached um, definitely kind of feeds into this a bit of, you know, you, everyone should, you know, being secure is the best. And if you're the others, it's easy to kind of panic and go, oh my God, I'm this and I'm never going to have that healthy relationship that I want. So I'd say, first of all, you know, don't panic. There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with anybody ever. Um, and in terms of finding that relationship you want, it is really finding that relationship that you want. So use the book as a way to get to know yourself better and to get to know your needs better. And once you get to know your needs better, you're going to know who is best able to meet those needs. Um, so you can take it a step outside um, the attachment styles with the anxious relationship style I would say absolutely get people in who can help you feel safe and secure outside of your dating life so get those good friends in get those good family members in get the online support communities whatever you need so that you've got those people feeling safe and those people you can turn to when you're feeling anxious so that you don't get into protest behavior and and it's all about that dating um, partner with the avoidance, I would say really look at effective communication. Um, you have a need for space and that's okay. You just need to be able to communicate that and why you need that. And that's not because you don't enjoy spending time with the person. It's I really enjoy spending time with you. I also need this time for me. How can we find a way that makes that work um, for both of us? So really, really ramping up that effective communication um, will really help if you are leaning towards the avoidant tendency. I have Thank a you. couple of things um, which I was going to mention, which number one, I'd say is not to get too identified with an attachment style, because actually, and again, this is becomes more obvious in non-monogamy. Like I said, we can have different attachment styles with different partners. So that remembering that the attachment style comes up in the relationship, which, you know, and so of course, one person might feel like they have an attachment style that comes up more often, which I think is true, we, we, we tend to lean towards one attachment style more than another. But sometimes if you're noticing that it's, you know, that you're struggling, it might also be worth looking at the relationship um, as what rather than assuming the problem is you. And then other than that, I also wanted to share Jessica Fern's excellent acronym, which is HEARTS, which can be applied to relationships as well as to oneself. So that's H for hereness, which is being present, being present with oneself, being present with one's partner. That's emotionally present as well as physically present. Uh, e is for expressing delight. So expressing to your partner why they are important to you, right? Especially in non-monogamy, if you have multiple partners, you want to feel like, why did you choose me? When you have the whole buffet that you can choose from, <laughs> like why, why me? So it's expressing delight, but that's also can be applied to yourself. It's finding value in yourself, not feeling like your value only comes from what you do, but also just in being. And I know that that's something I really struggled with in my life and that it's been a big shift for me. Um, a is for attunement, again, attunement to your partner, but again, once again, attunement to oneself and really sort of tuning in and finding out what's true for me in this moment. And that self-awareness is so important. Um, R is for rituals. And that's 
um, yeah, having little, you know, again, in monogamy, the rituals are all sort of set up a lot of the time and pre, pre-existing, but in non-monogamy, it's creating little rituals with your own partner and figuring out what works for you, but also creating rituals for yourself, especially if you're dating lots of people or involved in lots of different relationships. It's so important to have time for yourself and whether that's your like, okay, Sunday afternoons, I don't see anyone, I have a bath, I read a book, whatever it is, I go for a walk, I meditate. It's really nice to have those moments to just check in with yourself. Um, T was turning towards conflict, so not avoiding conflict. Mm. And so really, and relationship repair as well, I think is so important in those moments. And that all ties back in with clear and open communication as well. Um, And then again, that's also, you know, when it's towards directed towards oneself, it's being aware of one's triggers, being aware of one's attachment style and what triggers those things and making clear requests, setting clear boundaries, communicating with one partner. And then the S was for secure attachment. Amazing. Has everyone written that down? I hope so. <laughs> I know, I was looking if for not, my pen. <laughs> if not, we'll, we'll put a book link in the chat. <laughs> you can buy Jessica Fern's book, Polysecure, or you can check out my interview with her on the Relationship Super Conference. Yeah, and I had a question uh, for you, actually, Jaya, I was going to ask you later, but I think it links in really well here. So if someone's feeling like they're listening tonight or they've read Attached and they don't feel like they're naturally fitting neatly into a box, but that might be their attachment style, their desire for a relationship or sexuality, have you got some wise words or resources that they can go to? I think number one is that's normal and that's okay. And it doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you uh, like wrong in any way. It's really okay to not fit in a box. I think most people actually don't fit in boxes as much as people try to or might be able to tick the right box on a form. Most people do feel like there's parts of themselves that don't belong in certain ways. Um, I would encourage people to find support and communities where they can explore in a really safe way what that means for them. So whether that's finding non-monogamous communities online, for example, if it's more for monogamy, non-monogamy thing, or reading uh, books. There's so many great books out there around figuring out what relationship style works for you and again I start with going to Meg John Barker because they have so much great literature across so many different topics rewriting the rules is fantastic it's also the name of a blog with loads of free resources on there and then there's lots of links to books um Polysecure by Jessica Fern is also fantastic I was doing a chat with Mel Casti the other day who creates the monogamy detox course and I really love Mel's work because it's a lot about focusing on yourself first and you know she identifies as her own primary partner so it's not so much about dating lots of people it's more about focusing on your relationship with yourself um Sophia Graham also has some fantastic work on that topic around self-consent there's so many great people and if people are feeling like they don't fit in a box whether they haven't figured out their attachment style they haven't figured out their relationship style they haven't figured out their sexual orientation that's okay. It's normal to try and figure stuff out. And I really recommend researching, finding therapists who can understand your experiences, because if not, it can trigger more trauma and it can reinforce this belief that we're somehow abnormal or, you know, wrong in some way, which isn't true. It's just that 
most therapists aren't trained to with the subtleties and to work with people who are um, queer or non-binary or trans in their gender, for example, or um, non-monogamous. So it's really important if people are going to find a therapist to find one that understands that. And pink therapy is excellent for that. And then as well as all of that, definitely peer support, online communities, in-person communities. I would not get through what I get through without all my different little WhatsApp groups with yeah. people that I can <laughs> turn to for support. Yeah, the huge positives in online community. I've definitely experienced that myself as well. Um, okay, thank you so much, Diane. So you can hear more about our interview with Jaya and Kat on our blog, but also the information will be in the description. At Rebel Book Club, we love to meet people who are putting what we've read about in the book into action in the world. And uh, in this spirit, for October, we met up with Billy Quinlan, who is the co-founder of sexual wellness app Furley. And here, Nana chats with Billy uh, about how Furley is helping women all over the world connect with themselves, their sexuality, and heal from past traumas. Hello, I'm here with um, Billy Quinlan to tell us a bit about herself. So how are you doing today, Billy? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Good. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. So I could go on and on and on about myself, but <laughs> I'll keep it focused on what you guys are interested in hearing about tonight. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Furley. And Furley is a sexual wellness app for women. Specifically, we really help women that are trying to overcome some sort of negative relationship to their sexuality or sexual struggles and are really looking to enjoy sex more and enhance their relationships. I've been running the company for two, just over two and a half years now. And we are helping women in over 210 countries, which is really exciting. I think Thailand are our fourth, not Thailand, sorry, India are our fourth biggest cohort. So it just kind of shows you how far and wide this issue spreads. Um, and yeah, we're helping women in over 210 countries. Um, we've had over 250,000 women download the app today. Um, and it's been a whirlwind of a journey learning kind of firsthand about the state of female sexuality in relationships in the world today. And then also learning about my own sexuality through that lens and kind of going on a personal journey around it too. So, yeah. That sounds amazing. Is this something that you've always wanted to do or do you just, is it, did you find your way through it like randomly? Yeah, I'm a city escaper. So I <laughs> met Ben Keen through Escape the City, which I'm sure some of you know about. I used to be in, in the city. I was working in investment banking. Um, but as we kind of, all know the statistics around sexual harassment and assault in the workplace are incredibly high. Um, one in three women will be a survivor of sexual assault and violence. And that was my experience of the city as well. So I had a really uh, negative episode with a manager at work and that put my mental health into a very negative place and took me a long time to kind of reclaim my sexuality. And in going through that journey of trying to get back to a place of pleasure and back to a place of um, enjoying the opposite sex again, let's yeah. call it that, um, I went through kind of a, quite a traditional approach to that, but it didn't serve me. It's not very modern. Um, it was really medical focused rather than pleasure focused. So what I'm talking about there is sort of the GP and, and medical support in that way. Um, and then therapy was really inaccessible. So from a financial point of view, 
to go private was too costly and out of my budget and to go on the NHS was, you know, too long. Exactly. So I went on a very holistic journey um, trying to explore how I could get back to a place of pleasure with my sexuality. Mm. And going through that, I just met so many women experiencing Mm. the same thing. And I realized that there was nothing catering for them in the market today. There was no accessible product or solution that felt fresh, dynamic, engaging, and really put pleasure as the focus Mm -hmm. rather than sort of negativity and the negative lens of it, of of trauma. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I set out to create Furley. So yeah, from sort of 2016 till when we launched 2019 was a journey of self-discovery, realization that there was a huge opportunity in the market, um, and then wanting to build something that I could draw upon all of my learnings and actually package that up so other women could access it without having to go through all of the avenues that I'd had to go through to find the information. That's amazing. I think, um, tell us a bit about more the features of the app. So what, what will people expect when they download the app? So we have kind of three main elements to the app. One element is a library of psychosexual education. So this is really demystifying sex and and putting the science back into female pleasure because online we are met with Cosmo, um, which basically tells us how to give a man a (laughs) blowjob and does nothing to help us really understand the kind of science of our sexuality, which is really important from an empowerment point of view. Like unless you know and understand yourself, how are you supposed to respond to that accurately and, and yeah, move through that. So there's a library of psychosexual education which really demystifies the science of sex, which my co-founder absolutely loves because she's a scientist. Then the second component is a library of audio erotica and um, guided practices. This is very much like I call this like your gym work. This is um, your content to consume when you want to explore your body, when you want to self-pleasure, when you want to masturbate. And it's that kind of regular engagement and practice of self-exploration. And that's the content you can consume. It's so beautiful. It's really feminist. It's a reimagining of kind of porn if uh, women built the world of porn first. Um, All audio. And that is our most popular kind of content to consume on the app like people go wild for that and then the main offering are our programs so we have um, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy programs that you can either go through on your own so unfacilitated or you can go through facilitated with a group of women and this is really amazing um eight-week program that's been designed by one of the leading experts in the space, someone called Dr. Laurie Brotto. And it's a mixture of mindfulness-based practices and then cognitive therapy and really helps women identify their needs, um, their sense of self, their sense of self-worth. Again, it goes into the science around sexuality and then gives us some really amazing practices to help create that behavior change and really change the way that we're operating as a sexual person so we can have a much healthier relationship to it. And the guided programs are amazing because they're around, you get put into groups of around 10 to 15 women and you to go on this journey together over the eight weeks. And it's a safe space to really share and explore your sexuality mm-hmm. in a completely shame-free environment, which so many of us don't have. Some of us are fortunate enough to have friends that we can talk openly about, but that is a minority. It's still a very kind of taboo topic that we're breaking down. But it's like a huge percentage of our audience are like middle American 
religious women who are suffering from kind of religious trauma in their sexuality. And for them, there's no one to talk to. You know, they have not got any communities local to them. And so being able to go through this guided program on the app with women from across the world where they can see the others' experiences and it'd be completely shame-free is so powerful. And women just have these incredible kind of aha moments and breakthroughs and it really, really transforms their relationship to sex. And if they're in a relationship, it really transforms their relationship as well. So yeah, that, the programs are the real juicy bit of the app and the bit that women get the most value from. I obviously have been reading a book called Attachment. So you know about attachment through yourself. How does attachment like fit into, um, fit into your app? How does it fit into relationships as well? So the attachment theory is the concept that the sort of we fall into three buckets, um, the avoidant, the anxious and the secure. And that determines how we show up in a relationship. So yeah, we talk a lot about this at Furley and actually um, as part of the mindfulness-based cognitive therapy program that we take women through, we spend a lot of time really talking about attachment theory, helping women identify which bucket they fall into and then giving them the tools and kind of skills to navigate that. And it's a, the kind of whole premise of Furley is about better understanding yourself and better understanding the science of your sexuality, the science of your pleasure and the science of your relationships to help you be informed enough to then decide how you want to show up in your relationships and in your sex life. And attachment theory really feeds into that because it's about getting to know yourself. And it's about having the self-awareness to understand how you show up and why you're bringing certain behaviors and attitudes yeah. to the table. And I think that's the kind of the biggest disservice that sex education does for <laughs> us is it teaches us through a real fear-based lens, which is around avoid getting pregnant and avoid getting a disease. And then it kind of helps us put a condom on a banana <laughs> if it goes that far. But it's through a really fear-based lens and it doesn't go any further into educating us really about how relationships unfold and the dynamics of a relationship and how we show up in it or in how we show up in our sexuality and how we can explore that part of ourselves and so fairly just like the book attached is an amazing tool to really unpack your behaviors and attitudes and start to get answers around how you show up um so yeah that's the kind of how the two cross over and i think it's a really it, we were just discussing this it does have its limitations it's coming from a very heteronormative lens from a very um uh, monogamous lens but you can still take away some of the key learnings from it and apply that to your life or look through your life through the lens of this to help you understand how you're showing up mm -hmm. and then when you're armed with that information you can then decide whether you want to change because mm -hmm. some of us don't want to do the work to change mm -hmm. um, and if you do want to change how you can kind of do that it gives you a roadmap for that. I think you identified something that's really important, which is self-awareness. Mm. Um, I would say for me, I didn't have that when I was young. So I think that was why I was more anxious. And I think growing older, I think that self-awareness is there. So I'm able to actually be like, actually, this is what I want. I think definitely people need to understand and know. Um, do you think people sit down and think, what do I actually want when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendship? No, I don't think enough of us do. I think we fall into them and we go into these things quite blind. And then it's through negative experiences that they, they, these attitudes and behaviors start to like highlight. And it's only people who are willing to go through the discomfort of getting outside of our comfort zone and challenging our perceptions of ourselves and others that do the work to kind of change and, and grow. And I think a lot of us are afraid of doing that and have unrealistic expectations on the other person or of themselves. Um, and so, I, 
yeah, that's one of the things that we're trying to do at Furley is kind of encourage that growth. Like behavior change is scary. It does take a bit of time, but in that discomfort, you can expand so much as a human and it's really your responsibility as an adult to change and to do that work if you want to have a positive experience through life whether that be through work relationships or friendships or your partnered relationship as well so there is a there is an an onus on you as an individual to get to better get to know yourself and to bring that self-awareness but then also and as attached talks about it's of your partner to also support you on that journey journey and have empathy for you and where you're at and again support your needs as well as your own as well as their own needs and one final question um you mentioned like sexual assault um and definitely this year women have faced a lot in terms of sexual assault and feeling unsafe um in public you know Mm. and at home as well is fairly kind of like a solution for women who are feeling unsafe in terms of like sexual assault um is there support offered or is there plan is there plan to be support offered for women who experience that so we're not a so again there's a real spectrum of kind of harassment assault and violence and it's really individual in terms of your experience and your reaction to that experience as well and the level of support that you need so furley is an amazing intermediary between therapy which treats really acute uh experiences and emotions and kind of expression and no digital tool can can um compensate for what you can get from a, from a human being yeah. and and the level of care that you can get from a human being so we're definitely not for women who are in that really acute trauma phase who are navigating their experience whether it be immediately after the event or triggered by a later stage kind of experience that then brings that event to light um but we work in parallel with therapists so a huge number of therapists refer to furley we work alongside their practice with their clients um because it really helps the adherence of therapy so often people go to therapy only show up in the day or for the treatment and then do nothing in between sessions and expect change to happen. Yeah. Um, so Furley is an amazing tool to actually keep doing the work between sessions, which encourages that adherence. Um, and then also the maintenance after. So again, therapy is amazing for that acute phase. But as we know, recovery is much longer than a sort of eight to 12 week period. And Furley is a great tool for when you move out of therapy and you're still going on that journey. You want to develop, you want to keep up with the practices that you've learned in therapy, the practices that support your behavior change, that support your feelings and emotions and self-awareness and development. Um, but you no longer need that real handheld support of therapy. And I think that's, that's the distinction is therapy is for a very acute experience. And when you're in real distress and that's when you should really use and lean into therapy. And then tools like Furley can be used after when you're still needing to go on that journey, but you're no longer in that acute phase. Yeah, but we do, I mean, we, we pinpoint amazing resources, um, that uh, uh, support systems for women that have that. But yeah, we're not a direct, and we never try to be um, a direct replacement for therapy or a support system for women going through that experience at that time. Is there any final thoughts on Furley that you want to share? How do people access Furley? Yeah, so you can access Furley on iOS or Android through the app stores. Definitely more catered to women, but about 20% of our audience is men. And it is actually an amazing resource for men if you want to learn more about the female experience and female sexuality 
or you want to just access some amazing erotica, some feminist erotica. But really, it's for women who want to enjoy sex more, who want to feel more confident in their bodies, who want to feel more confident in the bedroom. Um, and it's a really safe, fun, engaging way to do that. So yeah, you can download it through the App Store or through the Play Store. And actually, we've got a discount with RBC. So I'll get Ben to send out the email again, but we are giving a discount for all RBC members. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed hearing from all the voices, the members, the experts and the team. I'm joined here with Emily to just tell us a bit more about the takeaway she had from our October events. Hi, Nana. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us, Emily. So what was your experience like running the event? And also what impact did you see it having on the members that were there and different people that were involved? I had a fantastic time doing the event this month. So I was in charge of the virtual event. I was hosting that from uh, all I can describe it as is a kind of soundproof phone box sized unit in Huckletree while the London event was going on outside next to me. So I had a bit best of both worlds, really. Um, I spoke to Jaya and Kat, who provided two wonderful perspectives on Attached. Um, you can cut, you know, heard a little bit about that already, and it's also available on the blog. Um, I also managed to dip, sort of um, dip my toe in the London uh, event as well, and there was just such a big energy in the room. And you know, I was trying to do the virtual event, and everyone was laughing at the blind date stuff. And the chat with Billy was brilliant. We streamed some of that onto the uh, virtual event as well. So, all in all, a really, really great October. I loved it. I think the takeaways that I've seen uh, hugely varied. And I think that makes a really good book for us to read at Rebel Book Club. So some people thought the book was um, quite literally life-changing, relationship-changing, life-changing. Some people were a little bit more apprehensive about it. But I think um, even when people were apprehensive, there were still some really solid takeaways, as I mentioned before, about communication and just like applications um, to all relationships in your life, not just romantic ones. And Ben, um, can you tell us about how people can get involved in Rebel Book Club and what other things that you want to leave with our listeners? Well, I want to give a shout, just building what Emily was saying, I want to give a shout out to basically all the people that got involved this month. Of course, our members who we love, especially when they read the books and come to the meetups, which they did in their hundreds this month. Um, but also to a partner impact charity this month we supported called Fumble, which is a brilliant sex education charity and organization for young people. So check out Fumble um, and to our drink suppliers who kept us uh, our thirst quenched and the energy and conversations high this month. So that was Coburn's Port making the tales of unexpected cocktails and dash water um, and toast beer as well. There was a few more toasts flying around in different parts of the country. Um, in terms of how people can get involved with Rebel Book Club, it's super simple, Nano. Basically, if you want to improve your reading habits, if you want to get out of your reading comfort zone, if you want to connect with people who are curious about the world and want to dive into all sorts of different themes um, and actually try and apply some of these things to your to your life, whether it's your personal life or, or out into the world through your work and beyond, um, just like we've been doing this month, then jump onto rebelbook.club and, uh, and join us. There is a number of different membership types to suit your... Uh, how much time you've got, your budget, etc., um, and how much uh, you feel like you can read in one go with us. Um, so go and check that out. Um, coming up over the coming 
two or three months. We are transitioning into the winter season here at Rebel Book Club. Currently in November, when we're recording this, we're reading the deficit myth about the uh, how to basically rebuild the world economy uh, without worrying too much about debts. So we're all educating ourselves about big finance. So coming up for our winter season, we're going to be exploring the themes of magic in December. Um, in January, we're going to be looking at a theme called Rise, which is uh, basically following remarkable stories of humans. So uh, everyone from Wangari Maathai to Alan Turing um, and, and thinking about how we can be inspired by people who've literally changed the world. Um, and then in February, we're going to be talking about care and reading a book on people working on the front line of uh, the care industry and um, obviously how that's changed um, and been disrupted significantly in the last couple of years because of COVID. So again, a big variety of themes coming up in the next three months. We also have extra events um, in London with Samsung, that's in King's Cross, where we have a tech club that runs alongside Rebel Book Club. So you'll be, if you're in town, you can come along to those. And of course, we've got lots of content being shared on our blog and our members are always talking about the books and much, much more. So that's what's coming up at Rebel Book Club. I hope you can join us. So thanks again so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Rebel Book Club on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram and DM us with any queries, anything you want, want to ask about. Don't forget to engage with us. We'd love to hear from you. Tune in next time for our next episode. Bye. Bye, Nana. Bye, Ben. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Emily. Bye.